This is Advanced Autonomy. I'm Luke Renner. It's Women's History Month, so today we're going to do something a little different. I'm handing over hosting duties to my colleague, Nikki Bisonis, and she's going to lead a discussion with a few other Sinjin women. It's a frank conversation about the gender pay gap, how assertive women are allowed to be in the workplace, and what makes them hopeful about how corporate America is changing. We hope you like it. This is Advanced Autonomy. I'm Nikki Basonis, and I'm here with the women of Sinjin, Emily McNamara, Azalea Fengsua, and Ashley Hemingway. At Sinjin, Emily is the head of operations, Azalea is on the product team, and Ashley is an engineer. Emily, Azalea, Ashley, welcome. Thanks for having us. us. So since we're recording on Equal Pay Day, uh, yeah, I was just reading that a 2021 report that men make an average of 25% more than, than women, even still today. I remember uh, a decade and a half ago when that number was closer to 50% more, but um, creeping up there, but it still exists. Have any of you encountered any pay gap bias or, or issues in your career? Um, I think for me, I, I was really, for my first job at least, um, I was really just kind of desperate to fit into the engineering space. So kind of did not do any of that negotiation because once an opportunity came up, I was just really jumped on it and didn't really think about the negotiation. And then after a couple of months of, of that position, uh, talking to a coworker of mine who is less experienced than I did um, in engineering in the space in general, I found out actually that he was making a lot more than I was. It was kind of an eye opener. Um, so once I left that job and moved on to Sinjin, I kind of had that shattered a little bit of the imposter syndrome that I think a lot of women have for me, at least, and that, you know, um, my qualifications are enough and I, I do bring a lot to the table. So um, able to negotiate a little bit better and kind of realize my worth in that. I don't think I've experienced any pay gap from what I understand, but um, I do remember like negotiating my first salary, being co- very cognizant of, you know, trying to make sure I like knew my value and and knew like what I should be like asking for. Um, I think typically I've had a lot of like uh, male peers and colleagues um, like sort of like have a very like aggressive and ambitious approach to how they negotiate. And it wasn't something that was like my style, but I was aware of, you know, it, it could sometimes get results. So, you know, trying to find a way to sort of navigate um, how I could advocate for myself in a way that I felt comfortable and still assertive. That's uh, another um, important point to bring up is that we have to be cognizant of a potential pay gap, you know, before even encountering one, we know that that potential exists. Um, I think for the younger generation, at least people are just more cognizant about teaching us that we need to be more assertive about these things. I know I had my advisor in uh, college was actually another woman. And she, you know, when when I was getting to junior, senior year and starting to really look for jobs that would be after college, she kind of um, made it very clear to me the kind of things that I could expect and and how you need to be more assertive and, and put yourself out there in ways, especially when asking for compensation um, as a woman, how it might be different than being a man. So I'm just very grateful for that. Really fortunate that kind of had some insight before entering this blindly. I'm, I'm curious, Emily, like when you've been on the side of, you know, the compensation and you're, you're the company and people are asking like, what's, what have you noticed like guys and girls or or men and women, I guess, um, negotiate differently. I haven't noticed actually a a vast difference when I do speak to women and men, the women that I have encountered, such as yourself, Ashley, you guys, um, have a certain presence to you. I think there is a level of confidence coming in versus, um, I think some people that, you know, have been, 
out in the work field for a while. Um, you know, uh, under Nikki, I think you and I had a very good conversation and I think, um, it's a little different. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, younger employees, for example, tend to have, um, a level of confidence that's different than people that have been out in the work field for a little while, such as myself, because we've had, uh, we, we were a part of that, uh, transitional phase, I think, um, where, you're seeing more and more women in tech, more and more women in executive roles. Um, and with media and everything else that's out there now, it's more widespread. You see more people, more women out there that are being very, that are very successful, that are recognized for the good work that they do. And they're being compared to other men counterparts, not necessarily just other women. When I was in uh, undergrad taking a business course, the instructor bought me a book. And he said, you're going to be very successful. He said, but I want to prepare you. And the book was How to Be an Assertive, Not Aggressive Woman. He said, if you are just matter of fact and just speak your mind plainly, you will be perceived as aggressive. Doesn't that already speak to a little bit of the bias? And I think the intentions were good behind them giving you that book. Um, but, you know, that's that's part of, the I think, the reason why we feel that level of intimidation. Because, you know, in society, I think that they're feels a need to, you know, kind of uh, call out that difference um, or to say, you know, hey, I know, you, you know, you've you've had um, you're a woman and, and you're in this industry and you need some extra help. You know, those types of things, I think even a leg up because you're a woman or we want to fill a quota or we don't have enough women and therefore, you know, you're the token woman of the company. You know, those types of things when you're 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 definitely someone that, you know, um, they call out. I think that um, it does make you more self-conscious about the fact that, you know, you're you're recognized in that way and not necessarily just because, you know, your performance and you're, uh, you know, someone that's great for the company. It's also kind of something in the back of your mind that, hey, perhaps, you know, I was hired because you know I am a woman and I'm filling a quota or there is some extra something that's been given or recognition or you know, uh, that person may assume that, you know, you're you have a problem with, you know, with with these conversations because you're a woman, you know, whether they're right or wrong, you know, knowing that that delineation happened already speaks to the fact that, you know, that there is that difference. I have been told two or three times in my career um, that like, oh, you know, like this seems sort of difficult or like, oh, you know, watch out for this person. But you should be just fine, you know, if you're super sweet and, you know, they'll they'll love you anyways. I'm a little bit more aggressive. And so, you know, I think if you're, you know, you bring a cute smile, it'll be fine. And I'm like, I, I think like I thought this was like early, like a couple of years ago. And I and I was like, I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, no, I've, it's it's sort of like my like it's a in a tech industry and working in a male dominated area, maybe that's my breath of fresh air that I bring to the team of the industry, but also just sort of like how that's assumed that, you know, I'll be, you know, acting that way or that's, you know, what's going to convince someone or persuade them, or, you know, you walk into a meeting and, you know, that's how you're going to influence. It felt, felt a little undercutting just a little bit that that was sort of, you know, the approach that would be acceptable for them to perceive me by. Well, it's what's expected of women, I think, in, you know, in general, like you're supposed to be sweet or cute or kind and, and, and supportive and, and not necessarily if it if might be great for a man to be more aggressive or a man to be more assertive. But, you know, we do come from a society where women are supposed to be seen, not heard. Um, you know, I think that that's, you know, 
long time ago, but at the same time, I think those are things, some things that are still pretty ingrained in society. Um, so you might have, you know, professionals that, that mean well, but say things like this to you thinking it's a compliment, but really you're looking at it like, well, you know, how would you feel if I called you cute or, you know, asked you to be, you know, perky and, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that that would go well. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. I think um, I read this article. It's like most comments, maybe they, they're not that bad. You know, you don't have to like tell HR about it. They're sort of compliments, but then they're sort of like, if you get comments like that all the time, right, it sort of becomes like this, like death by a million cuts. Because you don't want to end up getting put in a box, right? You don't want to end up being the person that's always sweet. But then it's kind of a double-edged sword and a really thin line because you're either the person that's sweet or you're, if you're a woman, at least labeled bossy or even the B word. Um, it's it, it's kind of one or the other in a thin line. It's it's really hard to um, kind of tiptoe that and stay being respected and not one of the other. You mentioned earlier about um, filling a quota. And I think there was a time when equal opportunity employment first started being implemented in the late 80s, early to mid 90s, that there was that sense of, oh, we're just hiring women to fill a quota. I think nowadays there are companies that just want to be balanced employees, that want to be diverse and, and well-rounded. I wonder if there's a way to get that message across in recruiting as well, that this is the company we want to be and it's, not, you know... Yeah, I think we definitely could do that. It just it really just takes, I think, good communication and listening to, you know, the people around you and being cognizant of what, you know, of the times and 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 the work workplace that we're living or we're we're living in now. Um I think that uh if we clearly communicate that we are about diversity and wanting to you know have a good balance in the workplace, um that's all fine and good as long as we're also projecting that we're not making some special exception because you're a woman or because you're a minority. We're not going to go and roll out some, you know, I, I think it's okay. I think it's fine that we still have special programs to, you know, bring those things up, um, bring up more women in tech. I think it, calling them out is fine. I think until we reach that time where things are equal, um, you're still going to need that extra boost to kind of put, put them in the forefront. But I wouldn't necessarily say that we need to single them out in terms of their qualifications. I think one of the things that we want to have equal um, is that you're looking at me as, you know, in equal to uh, a male counterpart with the same qualifications and say that I'm, 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 you're hiring me because I'm better and not necessarily because, oh, she gets an extra two points because she's a woman. Um, now, I think naturally there are some companies that are going to hire due to the fact that, hey, we really don't have very many women um, in our company and it's going to be a nice offset. But that can't be the resounding reason. I think that, you know, you need to know that, hey, you truly qualify and you hired me because I qualify for the role. But it's nice to have the fact that you are a woman um, because that does help bring balance to the company. But again, it has to be clearly communicated and in a way where you're really not making someone feel you know, individualized or, or, or separated simply because you're a woman. Right. Like getting hired or, or being included just because you're a woman is still being left out because you're not, you know, if, if you're getting hired just because you're a woman somewhere, maybe you're not the best person for the job. It's going to be really isolating in itself because you're not going to have any idea what's going on. Um, but going back to what Emily was saying about like how we can kind of single people out um, until it is like, it is finally equal. I just reminds me, I just wanted to bring up that quote from, I think it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And when they asked her, 
um, how many women is enough to have on the Supreme Court? And she's like, it's not enough until everyone's woman on the Supreme Court and it's not a big deal. So I think it's kind of like, that, you know, reaching that point of where we can stop kind of singling out women and, and looking for them when it's not a big deal that they're there. I completely agree. That was great, Ashlyn. Um, I love Ruth, so thank you for quoting Ruth. Um, <laughs> for sure. I'd like to mention a time uh, 10 years ago when I worked for a tech company and we acquired another company and the, the president and VP of sales for that company called the, the female marketing employees into a room, not the male. And they wanted to make sure we understood the product that we were marketing and that we'd be able to do the job, but we were already doing it. Like we were all, that, that's, so we had to literally prove to them, yes, you know, I see this, you know, content piece, we wrote that and, and, uh, and we walked out of there feeling like, well, that was really strange you know, really discriminatory, but we felt that we couldn't say anything because it wasn't a gross enough violation to risk how we were perceived in the workplace. There was still 10 years ago, a time when you could, you could say, oh, she's just making noise. She's just calling, you know, she's a troublemaker. Uh, <laughs> don't be careful what you say around her. Um, when that was clear discrimination. So I think nowadays we can say, Hey, why did you call the women into that meeting and question our knowledge? Why didn't you question the men on the team? Um, and you can go to HR and you'd get, you know, backup for that. Absolutely. It would be nice to see those changes happening organically and also because it's the right thing to do. And this is what we're seeing more of versus a fear that you're going to be canceled or, you know, the company's going to be called out or something negative is going to happen working out of, you know, fear that uh, if we don't recognize women, if we don't, you know, have more diversity, if we don't have this, then, you know, oh, it's going to be bad for business. Um, I would like to see those changes because Azalea and Ashley, uh, Nikki, you know, we're having children or we are influencing others in the next generation. Um, and we're the ones teaching them, hey, this is what the norm is. The other stuff is what's not normal. And, and, and dated and, you know, we've learned from that and that we're different and we're, we're better for it. Um, and it, that speaks to the workplace, that speaks to home life, that speaks to all things out there that we're, we've experienced kind of, you know, where women have not, you know, necessarily been recognized in an equal fashion. I don't know if anybody's seen The Good Place, but it's like um, where the points don't count if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're doing it just to make your points better, um, it doesn't count. But if you are actually acting as a good person, then that's what counts to your point total. So it's kind of like um, if you're like any of the companies who are like, like Emily said, just trying to do something to not get canceled or um, just to kind of seem good on paper. I think it's really easy to see through that as a woman. And I think that those companies are going to continue to struggle uh, with their diversity versus, you know, we can tell in a place where you genuinely wanted or not. It's, it's, you know, it's really, we don't want to, they're to be underestimating, but like we can see through this. So I agree. Um, I'll reference a 2021 culture report that showed that 41% of women do not, do not feel included or engaged in their workplace. And I think those women are going to seek other opportunities and those companies that allow that disengagement are going to have a higher churn rate. So as we uh, start to bring this discussion to a close, I'd like to ask, are there any uh, women in business and tech in general that, that have inspired you? Well, Ashley already mentioned Ruth. I think she's 
kind of the ultimate there. Um, can't say enough good things about, you know, what she's been for us or society in general. Um, also being in Silicon Valley, there's plenty of women out here. Um, you know, I think that I've encountered whether they're support staff or engineer um, that uh, has been quite inspiring because they're strong women. They're not, you know, it's not that they're extra loud or outspoken. It's just that they are who they are. And, and, and you're proud to have any association or have had, you know, walk the same path as them. I think that you, you find inspiration in various places. And I find Azalea, Nikki, Ashley, all of you very inspiring in different ways. Um, it's about looking for those positive things and not necessarily leaning on the differences, but more, you know, what makes you shine and, and what makes you that special individual that I'd like to work with. So, you know, in terms of recruiting and um, staffing up at, at Sinjin, um, I think the Sinjin philosophy and our culture, what we embrace specifically is to not make, you know, some delineation in that way, but more like what makes you special? What makes you an outlier? What makes you uh, a great contributor to Sinjin? And I try to not really, you know, look specifically at, oh, you know, the fact that you're a female, great that you are, because I love, you know, working with men and women, but um, that uh, I really just think that, you know, at the core of it, when we're, you know, looking at these people that were around here, um, there's something inspiring in all the women that we're working with. Yeah. At my first um, job out here in Silicon Valley, I felt, again, was one of the only women working there. And actually my first, one of my first managers was also a woman. And I got extremely inspired by her on how to be um, someone that works in tech and a woman at the same time. Like she would, she was super into yoga and she wasn't shy about that when invite everyone to her yoga classes and bake like baked cookies and brought them in and just did not share, like hide any of herself away. Like if people were talking about video games or which was often the case, you know, she would kind of be in the conversation, but then also not afraid to share like who she was. So that kind of inspired me to, um, open up a little bit more with, with different people and, and they will be receptive to it and we can all learn from each other's differences. I, I, I don't know if this sounds too cheesy, but I think one of my biggest role models is my mom. And I think a lot of moms that I see, you know, in the tech industry or in the workforce, because um, I guess my mom was a very hardworking person. Um, but I feel like it's like uh, there's, there's this sort of thought in my head is like, how do you balance like that work life um, and like family life. And I think there's a lot of, you know, we have a couple in our office um, who, you know, love talking about their kids and love planning things for their weekends and after work. And, you know, and, um, you know, I'm, there's also fathers out there too on our team and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I think it's just knowing how, I guess, my mom worked very hard um, and was successful in her career and put in the hours and, and the extra effort for her coworkers, and she was such a wonderful person to be around. Um, but also, she was she she never you know she always attended all my soccer games, and she was you know cooked me food and was a great mom too. Um, just the balance of being able to find it all and have it all you know live up to society's expectations of what you know a mom could be, but also you know the expectations of what a woman should be in the workforce. Um, I I think there's there's a I I just I have a lot of respect for you know you know, being able to, you know, have it all and strive for, you know, living their best life and, um, you know, just still being very successful um, in all aspects of their life. I had another example of, of a woman that inspired me. And when you brought up your mom, my heart just skipped a couple beats. Um, 
my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And one day she decided she wanted to be an accountant. And she just started taking college classes while she took care of us in the home. And uh, I was an accelerated student. So I was in, high, in college during high school. And I would see my mom in the hallway between classes. <laughs> I was going to college like with my mom. And um, she eventually became uh, assistant director of finance at a British Petroleum. Wow. in Rockefeller Center in New York. And like, I would go to visit my mom at work um, so that I could watch the tree lighting ceremony from her office in Rockefeller Plaza. So um, yeah, she just taught me that like, you know, there's no bias. You just work hard and you get your education and you go for it and you'll, it'll, you'll get there eventually, even though it took her years to do, you know, get her BA, uh, BS on the side. You know, it's there. So that's, yeah. thank you for reminding me about my mom. My mom too. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we turned out great because, you know, we've had some great influences. Um, I do want to point out one more thing though, because I think that as much as we're talking about how we want to be equal and, and there's these biases about being women, I also think that it's a good thing to embrace our womanhood and mm -hmm. embrace the fact that we do have at the core, you know, certain qualities that make us a woman and make us, you know, who we are and, and allow us to be strong in our ways and, and, and men to be strong in their ways, you know, I think having that recognition, but not allowing us to hold us back or be delineated in a negative way is kind of the, the resounding message here. If you're proud to, um, like you're speaking about your mother, you know, there's a nurturing nature, you know, knowing that, that that's there and that, you know, you grow from that. Um, and then how that applies to your professional life, you know, all of that matters. Um, but just to, to say that, you know, we were focusing more on, on, on our powers, our, 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 our positivity, all the things that are good about being a man or a woman or, you know, whatever you identify yourself as, I think just embracing that part of you and growing from that is the most important part. I think there's this stereotype of like, oh, you know, um, in being in a male dominated industry, it's a little bit more aggressive. Maybe there's a little bit more, I think you come across maybe a couple more egos um, and there's, um, you know, just sort of a different dynamic when there's a room full of men. Um, and then, you know, being a woman coming into the spaces, they're like, okay, make sure you stand your ground, make sure you're tough, make sure you're hard on everyone. And, um, you know, sometimes I sort of think like, oh, maybe, maybe they need to be a little bit more empathetic. Maybe they need to embrace a little bit more compassion. Um, maybe we would go farther with some of those traits, you know, as a team. And perhaps that's why, you know, it's so important to have balance of like males and females in the room and on a team, because, you know, it's, it's important to have you know, those traits as well and being able to offer those to the team and being able to have, you know, as, as much as a woman can be, you know, aggressive and advocate and, you know, go head toe to toe with, you know, really strong personalities. I think it's also great when you can see, you know, men come to the other side of that and, and embrace being a little more vulnerable and, you know, uh, kinder and gentler with, you know, what their intentions are and how they're trying to make their point come across. Um, and I think that's something that, um, you know, having women on the team, women in the workforce really offers a lot of team dynamics. Very well said. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I think that wraps it up. Thank you so much for, for being here and for sharing. This was amazing. I hope we can do it again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. everyone. Thank you.
The Advanced Autonomy Podcast is hosted and produced by Luke Renner and is brought to you by Sinjin. Sinjin's versatile autonomous transportation technology brings advanced self-driving capabilities and enhanced data insights to the vehicles you already own. Learn more by visiting cyngn.com.